What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? We got some team and league news to share today as teams are supposed to be sending out their full schedules tomorrow. Um, some games have actually been released, international games and uh, special day games. We're going to share those. And then we're going to talk about the rookie mini camp and uh, some of the rookies and uh, how I feel they will make an impact on the team. It's going to be a good one. So with that being said, welcome to the Kingdom Connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're the host producer, Eric Lepartis. Who am I? I'm a health and performance trainer. I'm certified with the multiple specialties through general health and wellness. I do one-on-one consulting and training for my program, which is called Empowering Lifestyles. My goal and what I like to preach to my clients is strong mind equals a strong body because I empower them with the tools so they can build their mind and body. All right, let's get on with the show. We're recording this episode on Wednesday, May 10th. Tomorrow is the full schedule release by each team. Um, they've already released some games and they haven't which is obviously like the international and then you have like the holiday games which they've added the Black Friday game this year. I I don't know if that was like clamored for by fans or not, but I think it was, um which is it's cool, you know, you have a game on Friday, so game right after uh thanksgiving because you know people just want football weekend excuse me all right so we're going to talk about the select games get uh get through those real quick uh the london games you have uh jacksonville versus atlanta and buffalo they um well the, i didn't say like they're playing at the same time they just jacksonville has two games in L- london and they're playing atlanta and they're also playing buffalo um, and then Tennessee will also face Baltimore and London. Um, and then on to the Germany games, you have us versus Miami, which originally it was supposed to be the Bears. I don't know what happened with that. I think that's why um, earlier this week Schefter uh, like tweeted out that um, things were – because I think the schedule was supposed to already be dropped like a few days ago. Um, and then they changed it and pushed it to Thursday. I think they wanted to make like last minute matchups and like change up some things real quick. And it happens, you know, they, you know, they see different opportunities to make different matchups. Um, but now we'll face Miami and, uh, Germany and uh, Munich, I believe is what it is. So, um, and let's just be honest too is lucky. Tyreek is lucky that it is not getting played in Arrowhead, even though I think Tyreek really wanted to come to Arrowhead. But if it was going to be in a cold environment, he knows how to play in a cold environment, but I don't think the Miami Dolphins want to play in a cold environment in general. Um, And, you know, here's the thing. I I love Tyreek. I I know that he's not liked by some of the fan base and shit. He talks a lot of crap. He does, and he trolls, and that's, you know, it can be annoying to some fans, but – at the end of the day, he won a championship with us. He made significant impacts, and there were so many times where we were like, thank God for Tyreek, because if it wasn't for his speed and his explosiveness, it, a lot of plays would have just never happened. Um, and I'm grateful for those moments. And, yes, it, it sucked to see him go, but it didn't matter at the end of the day. We won a championship without him. So, And him and Chris Jones, their banter back and forth on Twitter is hilarious. They're best friends. So it's all good. 
you know, team. I'm sure some most of the team still, you know, loves them. It's just they, they like this. They they see a shenanigans all the time on social media. So, um, yeah. But we got Miami and uh, Germany, and the Colts also got Pats in the German in Germany. Uh, the Black Friday game. This is uh, Miami and Jets. Uh, so that's a divisional game for them. Um, and then Christmas game, Christmas Day, you got the Eagles and Giants. Um, that is uh, also a divisional game. And then New Year's Eve, you have us and Cincy, which is week 17, uh, AFC Championship rematch, and obviously kind of the, I guess you should say, the modern rival. Because, you know, if you take the head-to-head matchup, yes, we are now 1-3. to three. So we've faced four times, and we'll be facing for a fifth time this year. If we can win again, you know, we'll put the lead up to two to three. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, you know, if it, it, I hope that by then it's not for the one seat on the line. I, I really hope it's not in that position because if it is, then it almost makes you wonder if this is a little screw. Is this scripted really? Are you going to try to make the one seat on the line push these teams to get back into the AFC Championship again? I doubt it. I'm not going to say that's going to happen. Who knows? We haven't even hit the season yet. Players haven't played. Nothing has even happened. So, um, But we got that game week 17 on New Year's Eve. It's Chiefs and Cincy. Um, and then now it just kind of comes down to this. What is going to be the home, home opener and season opener for us? Usually they have the Super Bowl winner open up the season and – most of the time it's at their home. So that, I mean, week one will be at home. And if that is the case, who's it going to be? Could it be the Eagles? Now, Donna Kelsey on, um, I want to say it was Facebook. There was like a, you know, and it could have been Photoshopped. Who knows? There was a post that Donna Kelsey had leaked that Chiefs will or Eagles will be facing the Chiefs week two at Arrowhead, which, which kind of if that's the if that's the truth, um, if that's the truth, then, um, what was I was gonna say, <clears throat> then how I then then sorry I lost my train of thought if um the eagle if if we're facing the eagles week 2 at home then that leaves us to have two home games back to back which I don't remember the last time has ever happened I want to say like minus 2020 because that was after we won the Super Bowl the first time. All of our games in the Mahomes era, since he's been a starter, all have been away games. Week one, 2018, it was uh, against the Chargers. Uh, 2019, it was um, it was oh shoot, who did he? Who did we? Jacksonville, and then obviously 2020, you had uh, the Texans to open up the season. Um, because we had just won the Super Bowl and we did the banner. Uh, well, actually, no, I think we did the banner even before that because we uh, we did it. When, I think we did it with the ring ceremony when they gave the rings out to the players. I can't remember. And then uh, 2021. Well, I lied. 2021 uh, was another. Uh, we had 
our first game of the year was against the Browns at home. So that's another time. And then, but 2022 was against Arizona in Arizona. So most of the time since Mahomes has been a starter and it's been away home games, I'm not going to go back to uh, away, away home games, away uh, games to open up the season for us. Now, I'm okay with two back-to-back home games, but then that means we probably will go through three away games up back-to-back unless they just make us go through a slate of home games. But I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? The schedule's supposed to be released tomorrow. We'll find out. That it, that post could have been fake. It could have been Photoshopped. Again, it is, it's social media. and I'm not going to say it's true. But in my personal opinion, I think our first matchup, there's only three teams that I think – well, now it's two because – Excuse me, because it's leaked that we've already well, we're already playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's who I thought maybe we could have opened up the season with. We're playing the Cincinnati Bengals week seventeen. So at this point, I think it could be the Jets or Eagles. That's those are the two teams. And the only reason why I say Jets is because look how many times they've been trying to push Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. It's been since Mahomes pretty much has entered the league or kind of like when we won the Super Bowl pretty much around that time the first time 54 they've been wanting a Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers matchup we were actually supposed to play him in 2019 but Pat was hurt and then we played the Packers again in 2021 Aaron Rodgers had COVID now we do play the Green pa- Green Bay Packers this year, so if he was still a Packer, we would play him inevitably because we play the uh, NFC North this year. Um, but he is a Jet. Sorry, I'm I'm getting like bombarded with some messages. That's why I'm being a little paused. I, I don't mean to do that. Um, but he's a Jet, and we play the Jets obviously this year because we play the AFC East. So it's um, kind of inevitable. And if they decide, hey, we don't want to risk doing this week ten, and then something happens, and these guys can't f- face each other. God forbid, don't want that to happen to either player. Um, already knocked on something, don't worry. Um, so, you know, they could do it, as, they can do it as the home opener. And if they did that, then, you know, there you go. Season opener. You already got it out the way. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, first game of the year. Now, they probably would like that. Well, it's going to be prime time, so it, it wouldn't matter. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of guessing out there. But I think it could be the – most likely it will probably be the Eagles. I think they want a Super Bowl rematch. And if that happens, it happens. All right, so uh, let's get on with uh, news around the team. Obviously, we talked about them re-signing Jarek McKinnon, um, which kind of uh, led to them in a way of not taking Clyde's fifth-year option. Which we've already we already knew was going to kind of happen. They kind of hinted at that, and you know it's it's unfortunate. I, you know you got to feel in ways I feel bad for him because you know what what gives him the gripe. And granted, the best ability will always be availability, no matter what. And injuries suck. 
they're part of the game, especially in the NFL. I've never played that high level, but I obviously it's just common sense. You see it all the time. I just think that, you know, the Chiefs just kind of mishandled him a little bit. You know, it was, you know, the one thing I will say about Clyde, I do not like the, the fact that he was not at the parade. That was the one thing that I was a little salty about. And I'll admit that because I'm always a guy that, you know what, be be with your team. They're your teammates at the end of the day. They still love you. They still care about you. They understand your situation. They don't, they're not going to look at you any different. They know you're still a talented player. They're not... They're not just because a seventh-round rookie came in and, yes, basically took your job. They don't look at you any differently. And that and this is just me being a real person right now and just trying to look at the positive side for CEH. Now, were there times where I'm like, oh, my God, like what's going on? Can he not see a hole? I think a lot of the times it was the play call. Some of the times it was him. Some of the times it was the play call. To be honest with you, he's not an outside zone running back. And to be fair, what he did in college was different. When he when you get to the NFL, and I, I know teams know this, I know scouts know this, and I know coaches know this. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to change a player a player a little bit in the pros, especially at those types of positions. You know, because they can't they can't be the same way as they were in college as they as they can be in the pros because it's it's just a higher level. You know, he he was behind an all star line in LSU. That was just the dominant team that year. They won the national title. You know, so he can do some stretches, but he's more of an inside inside zone inside zone guy. You know, he can do some handoffs with a fullback in front of him. You know, but he's more of a passing. He's more of a pass back, he, he, passing down uh, back. Um, you know, his blocking was all right. It it wasn't the you know top notch, but it was it was all right. And but he was really good at catching the ball. You know, we used him for those little um, underhand shovel plays a lot. You know, because he's a smaller running back. You know, he he was small in college. But he was even smaller in the NFL. So you had a I think they just they tried to really utilize him as like that that strong that strong back and he's just not that. It's it, you know, and I'm not trying to compare it to like Deuce Vaughn, but that's like you know, well and Deuce Vaughn had a special a similar like had a special role in at K State. But you know, Deuce Vaughn was also utilized as like their primary back on a lot of plays. You know, but Deuce Vaughn is not coming into the league to be a primary back. He's going to be like a Darren Sproles in the league. That's his role. And that's what CEH almost should have been, and he should have been taken in the later round. And I think the fact that they took him in the the, the with the thirty second pick in the two thousand twenty draft, it it hurt. It it hurt. You don't take running backs in the first round unless you're getting a diamond unless you're getting like that that true workhorse, like, you know, diamond in the rough, or I wouldn't even say diamond in the rough, but once in a blue moon player, you know, um, like a Bijan Robinson, a, a Derrick Henry, you know, I would even go to say that, oh gosh, the running back for um, Pittsburgh, I would even go to say that he was probably overdrafted because he was drafted very high. He was drafted in the first round. 
You know, he should have been taken at a later. Najee Harris, he should have been taken at a later round. Jameer Gibbs in this draft should have been taken and not in the first round, in my personal opinion. You know, the only first round running back, in my opinion, was Bijan because he's just a special player. And if you know you're getting that special player, then fine. But if you're trying to take a player like these type of guys, you know, you, you take those guys in later rounds because this is what you get. You get you get injuries. You get guys who can't, you know, last. And, it, you know, even look at our seventh round running back is Isaiah Pacheco. It's came out that he's had surgery on his hands and his labrum. You know, he is a bull when he runs. He runs like the Tasmanian devil for one. He's fast, you know, when he runs straight speed, and, you know, he actually can get out to the side, and he has speed out to the side, too, but, you know, he's he's powerful, He 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 and he wants to have inflict uh, punishment when he runs, and that is not as sustainable for a running back, and I'm sure that that, like, like lowering his shoulder to truck was probably caused, which caused the, the labrum injury. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just speculating. Uh, who knows what really caused labrum injury? But you know, he is a bull type of running back. He is a power running back with, um, with a little bit of explosion. And you know, that's when you have situations like that. Then you know, you, they just don't usually last long. Give me one second, Chiefs Kingdom. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, sorry, I'd get a drink of water. I just didn't want you guys to hear me, like, gulping down. I just think that's kind of annoying. I hear podcasts all the time, and people drink and, like, eat on it, and I just, I, I, it just cringes my ears. I don't like it. So that was just kind of uh, the, the situations of running backs. I mean, again, they took, they didn't take CEH's fifth-year option, and that's, you know, he's just, he's who knows if he's going to finish the year out with the team, or if they're going to trade him, who knows. You know, I mean, if you trade him for a seventh round pick, you can, it'd probably be like a comp, it would be like a comp pick or something like that. Who knows? Uh, it, it wouldn't be anything, you know, teams aren't going to send you anything other than a seventh round pick for him because he's been hurt. There's, there hasn't been consistent production. So that's just what it is. All right. Um, another thing, obviously we signed Donovan Smith, uh, the former tackle of Tampa Bay, his contract was a uh, four mil, but it's up to nine and, and, uh, incentives, but he's got that four mil in guarantees. Um, now look, Andy Reid came out and said, because they asked about him and they said, Donovan in OTAs, Donovan's going in as the starting left tackle and, uh, Jawan's going as a starting right tackle. Now, we haven't even hit OTAs yet. We're still in rookie minicamp. Who knows what's going to happen? Now, I'm taking Andy Andy's word for what it is. I'm I'm convinced that that's what it is going into OTAs. But who knows what's going to happen in OTAs and who knows what's going to happen in training camp? 
a lot of people are complaining about the Donovan Smith signing. And I, I was a little skeptical at first, but I looked at it this way. Even if he's not, even if he's the starter at left tackle, he's been a left tackle for 10 years. It's not like he doesn't know the position. And if he isn't, if he actually, if they actually really want to try Jawan Taylor at uh, left and because they really love Wanya at right, then, um, or if I said, if I said that right, you know, it's so funny. Someone said, you know, we combine, uh, Wanya and, uh, Jawan and, and, you know, it's say Jawanya. And that just makes me think of Jawana man. If you guys have ever seen that movie, sorry, off topic a little bit, but if they, if they love Wanya right tackle, then I'm sure then they would probably make, uh, they would definitely make Jawan be the left because they're paying Jawan all that money. And a lot of people bitch because of the positioning, of, you know, and saying, hey, left tackle this. He's making left tackle money. Why are you why are you all of a sudden going to make him go to the right side when you've already said over and over again that he he's going to be your left tackle and you paid him to be that way? I said this. I, I don't know if you guys remember. I said this. Um, I said this. What? When they uh, signed Jawan Taylor. I said that, hey, what if they take a tackle in the draft and it's a left tackle and basically you look at it this way, you have a cheap left tackle for four year, four four years with a fifth year option, and then you could tag them and then play around with that at that point. But you know, you you're cost controlled for a while, for a minute. And then you have yes, you have the, the technically the highest paid right tackle. But look at it this way: the right tackle market's pretty much kind of getting close to twenty mil a year. I mean, let's let's be honest; it's it's pretty much already there. I mean, that's what what Juwan's pretty much getting. He's getting twenty a year. So, I mean, the it's it's only gonna blow up there, and so they would just they're just kind of like, hey, they're kind of paying him prematurely a little bit. Hey, just because we know the right side's gonna be this in two years. Even though the league thinks we're paying you as a left tackle, but you're being on the right, but you're playing on the right side. And I said that even though they did not take a left tackle in the draft, and I think they really wanted to. There's been rumors that now that hey, there was possibilities of them wanting to take Anton Harrison, and that's why they wanted to move up and not Mozzie Smith. But who knows? They didn't get they didn't get the left tackle that they wanted. Left tackles were gone, so they had to settle for a right. Um, but they needed to get the other guys first, and so they got Wanya Morris. Now, Wanya Morris is a right tackle. He played left side in, in uh, Tennessee, but when he transferred over to Oklahoma, they moved him over to the right. And he he's a good right tackle. He's a decent right tackle. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the rookies a little bit later, but I don't know. I mean, does Donovan Smith start at left tackle, like, officially? Does he permanently take that job? Here's how I look at it. You're trying to protect your franchise, and I think you need to bring in guys. Bring in all the offensive linemen you possibly can. You know, and at the end of the day, if even if Donovan Smith is not the starter, you have a solid backup left tackle who's been a left tackle for 10 years. It's not like he doesn't know the game. You know, and we have one of the best, if not the best, offensive line coach in the National Football League. And he gets his guy. I want, you know, I would say, of course, the Eagles' uh, offensive line coach is pretty good too. That I mean, Jason talks highly of him. 
So, um, but the you know, Coach Heck, he's he's gonna get he's gonna get these guys right, and they're gonna move guys around. So I would not be freaking out. The bottom line is protect fifteen. I repeat, protect fifteen at all cost. He is our guy. He is the franchise. He is winning us Super Bowls, and we need to keep him upright. They saw Super Bowl 55, and they said, look, yes, we're still fucking sour from losing that because we could have went back-to-back, and Mahomes could have three championships at this point. But no, he didn't because he was scrambling for his damn life all night long in that fucking horrible-ass game, and no one wanted to catch passes. So, yes, you need... All the linemen you possibly can get. So I looked at it that way. I took it for the bright side. So you know what? Come on, Donovan Smith. You know what? Even if you're not, even if you're not the starting left tackle, you'd be a solid backup. You know, I don't I don't see them, you know, coming in here and just moving him over to the right side. That wouldn't make any sense because he's been a left tackle for, you know, ten years. Um and, you know, the thing about, you know, Jawan Taylor, you're paying him a lot of money. So he's he's playing either side. And he's been a right tackle all all of his career. He's played some left tackle, but he's been right tackle majority of his career. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense to have those guys play their natural positions. But we don't know what's going on. They paid Donovan Smith, you know, basically only for a year. And if he's a starter for a year left tackle... Maybe they because they want Wanya Morris to learn and develop because they don't see him. They probably don't see him as a another Creed and Trey, Trey Smith situation. But we don't know that. Wanya can come into camp and blow everybody out the water, and that changes everything that might that might happen. Who knows? But Chiefs Kingdom, don't don't freak out on don't freak out at all on. Uh, signing a tackle to protect your franchise. I understand that he hasn't, you know, really been, you know, good in the last few years. I'll give him his injuries, but the penalties, yes, those are going to have to clean up. They will have to clean up because Mahomes will be pissed. I mean, you, we are known for big plays, and if we were having, if we have our big plays getting taken back because of holdings from Donovan Smith, that's going to be killer. So yes, that is that is the one thing I am worried about. If it is his penalties, so can he clean that up? You know, Mahomes likes to scramble, and that that sometimes that hurts tackles because they get forced in the situations where they may hold a little bit. Um, and Tom didn't do that. Tom didn't didn't do that, and Donovan was still getting holding penalties. So yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that I am a little worried about. But at the end of the day, decent signing. Now, this is the one thing that I am like really, really upset about right now. And this is what I was a little bit upset about yesterday. And I, I don't know why this was a thing. But and I was a little late to watching uh, his podcast or listening to him and uh, Chris Sims talk on PFT. But Florio brought up about Mahomes' contract, and he had he had a thing or two to say about it. He was very upset on why Mahomes has not come out and demanded all the money in the world, why the Chiefs 
aren't just going out of the way to pay him all the money in the world and they think that the Chiefs are fucking the quarterback market and that Mahomes is going along with it because he's being too nice um, because they're like, hey, if teams are seeing this, they're like, hey, we don't want to dish out guaranteed money to mediocre quarterbacks um, when we have the ultimate superstar, the number one guy the face of the league who's the best player in the world taking the less money he's a, you know he's the seventh right right now Mahomes is the seventh guy uh, highest paid quarterback and I'm okay with that and I think he's okay with that I don't know I don't know his mind I don't know his thought process I don't know his agency like that so I can't speak for them but it, it really but can Mike speak for them can you know he came out and said all that shit and said that, you know, if I was Mahomes, I'd be demanding this, I'd be demanding that. You know, it's 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 dumb, it's it's not fair, you're you know, you're you're screwing everybody else, you know, it's you know, I'm like, dude, for one, I was taught growing up in life to never talk about another man's wallet. You just don't. You you just don't. And I understand it's a little bit different because, hey, you, you, there's contracts. You can literally get on, you know, spot track online and talk, look at their contract details and stuff. But at the end of the day, it, it just it it was really dumb. And I don't know why he had to come out and say all that because Mahomes is going in the year two of that 10 year contract. He is. And technically, if you, you know, when he signed it, he had two years left on his rookie contract. And I know that he tried to make a point saying that, no, it was a 12-year deal because you extended him technically 10 years, you know, and which adds on top of the the two-year two year contract that you already have or the two years left on the, the current deal that you have. So essentially he was locked in for 12 years. And they think that he's just going to stay on that number for the full for the full term. He's just going into the year 2. Why does he need to all of a sudden need a pay bump? I've said this. I think they're going to fiddle with the contract. I think they're going to, you know, cuz they're going to have to take like I said they they look at that contract as like a bank. They're going to take money out of it when they need to pay players and they're going to give him raises when they they need to. You know, when he, you know, he deserves all the money in the world. And Clark Hunt even said this in the press conference and post-draft. Look, it doesn't matter how much money is given out. to I could, It doesn't matter how much, like, I'm just kind of a little exaggerating his words, but you guys get what I'm saying, you know, when he said this. It doesn't matter how much money he gets or pretty much what's written on the contract he will always be underpaid because he's just he's just worth that much i mean you know because he's just he's just that he's just that amazing and he's 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 so good he's the he's the best player in the world he's already got two championships he's breaking so many records two mvps two super bowl mvps you know he's 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 magic and he's changing the game and so yes they're going to they will fiddle with his contract over time i i i never once denied that i just think that you know trying to make it a thing uh 
you know, it, it was unnecessary, completely unnecessary. You know, I, I, I just, I, I don't understand why Florio had to come out. And then he wrote an article saying that it's going to happen. That, hey, the Chiefs are now finally going to do it. They're going to give him another deal. They're going to re, or they're going to restructure his deal or or whatever. They're not going to scrap that, that, that contract up. They're not doing that. If anything, they'll give him a little pay bump, but they're not scrapping that contract up. That that was a sacred contract. That was a good contract. Clark Hunt even said when he signed that, he recognized that, you know, he wanted to, you know, he that he was wanted to be appreciated, but he also wanted to give flexibility to the team so they can get guys around him. Remember when, you know, remember when Chris Jones got paid and he tweeted out, I left something on the table for you, you know, that you know that's that's what it is you know because he wants god he wants the players he wants the playmakers he wants the best players around him that's what wins championships and for florio to come out and say that oh it's happening look if it happens i want pat to come out and say that hey this is what's happening or the team or someone to come out and address it other than his ass because it's way too close to your damn video that you dropped the other day and then you come out with an article, what, three days later? And I would, you know, and what if Mahomes comes out and debunks this? That would even be even solid. More, I just don't understand. Anyways, hopefully, you know, if they do, hopefully it's, you know, nothing too crazy because, you know, we don't, I don't want them to handicap the team. And I don't think Mahomes would do that. He's never going to handicap the team. I just, he's just, I just don't see that in him. I just don't see him coming in and saying like, look, I've won two Super Bowls. I, I'm done being team friendly. I want all the money now. I'm tired of seeing these guys make big money and not me. I just don't see that happening. I just can't. You know, he's he's got so much so many endorsements. He's got so much so much else other than his football money. That's why I just don't you know, and that stuff alone is just as great. And so I don't get it. I just don't I don't get it. But who knows what's gonna happen. They say it's gonna happen by the time the season starts, according to him. We shall see. All right. Um, it's been said Chris Jones has been uh, he's been clamoring for Frank Clark to return. Obviously, we, uh, we had released Frank Clark. Um, what was it like a week or two after the season? And yeah, it was tough. I mean, Frank Clark, yes, his contract he didn't live up to the money, the guaranteed money, as far as like putting in and out in the regular season, week in and week out, but. You know, he had, I would give him, he had medical issues. He had some, some off-field stuff with the Uzis. And um, it was tough. It was tough to uh, kind of see some things. But, you know, he was the shark in the playoffs. And he was the guy that you signed him for in the playoffs. And, you know, it, it, it's nice to see Chris Jones doing that because I'm not saying it's going to actually get him to come back or get the team to be, all right, well, let's, let's resign him. Who knows what's going to happen? But Chris Jones keeps tweeting it out, and he says he's going to do it every day. Me, personally, why I want Frank Clark to come back, not only because, A, if he comes back, he technically will come back for a fifth year, which ultimately 
completes the even though like that that fifth year contract is completely gone because he's he's not with the team anymore um if they had re-signed him to a new deal he would be with the he had been with the team with for five years so he would have fulfilled the five years essentially that he was going to if he they had kept him on that contract um but i can if, if he does come back and get signed it's going to be like how they signed dunlap you know uh late or like a week into training camp you know so frank doesn't have to you know do some things early on because he already knows what the dealio is he's been the four saint joe camps um well actually you know because they didn't have camp in 2020 so he's been three um but yeah no i mean it's you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I would like for him to come back so he can break the fr- the sack record in the playoffs, and that'd be nice. Um, but uh, it would be on a – I would definitely do it on, a, obviously, a low base salary. Um, I, would, I wouldn't I would say vet men, but I'd give him a good low base salary um, and hella playoff incentives because, you know, that's – you know, I'd give him incentives, obviously, throughout the year too, but I would give him hella playoff incentives because that might make him actually get those – get those sacks and break that record like we all want them to. So, uh, well, that's uh, kind of pretty much it for the news. Um, uh, yep, news around the league and the team. Uh, like I said, the schedule is going to get dropped tomorrow. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, when we get back, we're going to go ahead and run down the rookies real quick. Um, just kind of talk about, uh, kind of, you know, how I see the, the positioning, um, what impact they may, you know, have on the team, just kind of quick rundown through a rookie mini camp. And I'm only going to talk about the draft picks. I know there's a lot of the undrafted free agents, um, which I've picked two that I think personally will make the team who they really, really like, but who knows? I mean, we haven't even hit training camp yet. And there's so many guys that are getting waived and, uh, signed at this very moment so all right when we get back we'll go ahead and discuss all those things what's good chiefs kingdom if you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to i want you guys to go ahead and give it a five-star rating and a good review you can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms whether that's apple Podcasts or spotify Um, You guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we're back in action. Um, Before we get deep uh, into the rookie talk, uh, sorry, I didn't get the bonus episode out to you guys with Big Groove. Schedules kind of misaligned. Things didn't work out the way we wanted. We were scheduled uh, to this Saturday. He's in a different time zone, so it'll be uh, 4.30 uh, his time, 5.30 my time. Um, we'll get those. Uh, we'll get that recorded and we'll get that uh, post, posted out for you guys so you guys can have that content. Um, it was good to have him on the show when we did, uh, back in the season, uh, we'll kind of get his takes, his breakdown, his favorite moments of the 2022 season, uh, what he expects out of the rookies, what he's uh, looking forward into, into 2023. 
um, and just kind of some takes. We'll just kind of catch up and just talk about football and the Chiefs. So um, look forward to that. <clears throat> All right, so um, uh, let's talk about the rookies. And uh, first one's Felix and Adike Uzama. Um, and he, in camp, he's he's been dealing with a hand I- injury. I guess he had a surgery on his hand uh, that he needed to get corrected, and the team already knew about the uh, situation. So um, he hasn't really been like doing like full participation in the camp, but. This kind of, you know, means, like, you know, what is the timeline of this? You know, how long is the rehab? We don't know. They haven't really said anything. Um, I think this is why they personally should go out and maybe bring back Frank because, you know, I like the idea of Frank teaching these guys. I mean, he did it for Karloftis. You know, Karloftis is getting work with Tomba and, and training outside, but you know, just to have that initial up front and, you know, just for Frank to do the same for FAU, that'd be nice. And, you know, I don't know what the status, you know, how long, you know, it's going to be for him to go back in full full participation. Hopefully it's, you know, it's it's sometime soon, but um, maybe if they wanted, you know, just to sign someone just in case uh, he's not ready to go by camp or, you know, just if it ends up becoming more serious, let's hope it's not. So, um, but anyways, about him, he just, he, when you, we took him it, it, and I, I really took a look at him because I, I'm a KU fan. I, I, I even know they've been horrible for years. I've watched KU football. I, I give them chances. Um, you know, I didn't watch every game during their horrible years. I mean, even though they're, they've, even though they're still not a great, they're still not a great team. They are an okay team now. They've they've gone from a horrible team to an okay team. They went 500 last year, and they they went to a bowl game. They lost the bowl game, unfortunately. I don't even know why I'm getting too deep in KU football talk, but I watched KU football, so therefore I watched them play K State. Therefore, I watched Felix play. I had heard of Felix. Like I said, I'm from I'm I currently live in Lee Summit. I'm from that area, uh, and I've uh, pr- pretty much primarily grew up in Lee Summit, um, in the suburbs part of Kansas City, um, and he's from there. He went to Lee Summit High School, and it, he's just a local kid. It's just it's just cool, to, you know, think about the concept or just the idea of that, and you know, it's 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 like something you can really put in a movie, but. Just, you know, him as a player, you know, he's like really bendy off the edge, which is something that Spags never really gets as a defensive end. And he has the the speed to power. I mean, he's a, he's a really good football player. I mean, I think there's going to be some things that, you know, that are going to be cleaned up because, um, you know, he's he's really, really uh, top heavy. And that's not that's not a bad thing. Well, actually, you know what? He's more. He, you know what? He, you know what? I would say he's a little bit more balanced. I wouldn't say he's super top heavy. I think he's a balanced, uh, more balanced body defensive end. But I think he can do, use a little bit more explosion from, from you know, from his hips. You know, but he's gonna be dominant. He's gonna work on those things. Joe Cullen's gonna get him right. Um, but he's really bendy. He has he has the tools to be a star and a star defensive end in this league. Um, and I really believe that out of him. And if we can get that that guy, you know, and 
opposite side of Karloftis, it it it's they're gonna wreak they're gonna wreak havoc. I mean, especially with Jones in the middle and other guys, Omenahu and you know uh, Dana, you know, and obviously bringing in Coburn, but. You know, FAU, he's he's your guy that you're going to line up. You know, he played it so in K State they ran like a like a three down line a three down lineman, uh two linebackers, uh uh and like seven defensive backs. Or I'm sorry, I'm that's way too much. Six six defensive backs. So they would usually throw, you know, your two you're probably they would probably have a split safety and you would have like your dime or your robber come come down play, and then you have your nickel, and then you have your two boundary corners, um, and that's what they ran. They ran that type of system, and that's what a lot of colleges run. They run like that three three, or that three the three seven or whatever they call it, or three eight. I don't even know what they specifically call it, but um, you don't you don't see that in the pros. I mean, you you see you do see rushing three, but it's you know you are dropping the eight in coverage. Uh, I don't even know why I couldn't even think of that for the moment. Yeah, you you rushing three and drop eight in the coverage. It's um, the pros usually do it a little bit different than how college does it, so. They're not going to line him up in like a, a four eye, which is what he was lined up a lot in college, and I didn't understand. I mean, he he was he he's not he's not bad at a four eye. I mean, he, he was utilized okay. He obviously did very well. He was Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, but he's not going to be playing in a four eye like that with Spags. And, and you know, I don't even think that he will be playing like that. He'll be playing at a five. He'll be playing at a four. He'll go some wide nine. He's going to be in a two-point stance every now and then. He's going to have his hand in the dirt every now and then. So it, it it's one of those things. He's going to be a pass rusher at all angles because Spagnolo moves guys all around. That's what he does. He's been doing that since we've been since he's been here. You know, he didn't really move Frank Clark in the inside. He may have done it a few times, but you know. It was not all the time. And, you know, he loves his NASCAR. So if he can get his four defensive ends plus, well, plus Chris Jones. So I would say three defensive ends plus Chris Jones. FAU's going to be perfect for that because you can straight bull rush him and he can get around the edge. He has been to him. You're going to see him a lot at a five and a four. You're going to stand him up, and you're going to every now and then maybe see him at a wide, wide nine. You'll see him at a seven, definitely with, with a tight end out there for sure. You'll even, have him, uh, you'll even have him line up at a six, which is head up over the tight end. So I've seen it happen before. I saw Frank Clark line up over a tight end before, um, and, you know, he it was in the Super Bowl 54, and he pressed off Gronk. Gronk, I'm sorry. Uh, Kittle um, and made a tackle for loss. It was like literally the first play of 54. But anyways, um, FEU, he's going to FAU is going to have a big impact on this team. Um, Even if it's like a minimal rookie year, um, he's going to grow just like Carl Loftus is growing and uh, will grow into this defense. And defense is going to be young and hungry. All right, next player, Rasheed Rice, uh, our receiver, um, he's gotten the guy that's making the biggest impact right now, the biggest noise in rookie camp, they say. 
Um, he's he's a dog, um, is what they they're saying that he's doing. I mean, he's he's running routes, he's breaking guys off. Um, this guy has a chance to be some. This guy has a chance to be something special in this league. He has the best player in the world throwing the ball to him. You know, I said this last time, you know, Andy Reid doesn't run just routes. It's it's concepts in his offense, and his offense does take time to learn. So don't be surprised if, if Rasheed Rice does have a mediocre rookie year. If he has an explosive rookie year, like we're talking like Justin Jefferson explosive where he, he busts off a 1,000 yards as a rookie, then – then you're you're solid. You have a guy that's going to be a dominant factor that's going to help Kelsey out. Um but I can't we can't bank on that yet. We we don't know. And again, Andy Reid does not like to throw rookies out there a whole lot. So we'll see. And, you know, with the emerge of Sky Moore, he's going to grow. MVS is going to still have his role. You sign Justin Watson for two years. Who knows how many receivers are truly going to want to carry on the offense. But Rasheed Rice, he's going to be your big-bodied X receiver. He's going to catch in spots. He's going to take some of that juju role, but he's explosive after he runs. Um, he looks like a running back. He's he's huge. He's a really contested catch guy. Um, you know, you, and you, you need that. You need that, and if, if Mahomes can have a guy like that, truthfully have a guy um, with that caliber, it, it's it's going to be awesome this offense. So that's that's where she rise. I'm I'm really excited for him. Wanya Morris, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier when we were talking about the the offensive line and the tackle situation. Here's how I look at about Wanya. He's either going to be the starting right tackle, or he's going to be a guy that's going to sit for a year and learn. Those are his two options that I think is going to happen. I I don't see any other any other way for him. I understand we still have Niang, we still have Kennard, even though I think Kennard's going to be more valued at guard for them. Because you know what? Who knows if they're going to keep Joe Tooney? What if what if this year they're like, okay, what if we win another Super Bowl or we make it, you know, at least the AFC Championship? Do you do you keep do you keep Tooney on his uh? on his uh deal. I personally like Joe Tooney. I I would love I would love to keep Joe Joe Tooney if we possibly can. Um but I understand his contract is pretty hefty. And if they want to move on to a younger guy if they feel Kennard's ready, they'll they'll put Kennard in there. Or you know, they might draft a guard at some point. Who knows what's going to happen. Personally, I like I said, I think Wanya is either going to be the starting right tackle in the 2023 season, or he's going to be, or he's going to sit for a year. That's that's what it's going to be. But he has the caliber to be a starting right tackle in this league. He has decent feet. He can get out in space, so they can use him on the zone runs, um, and even in uh, some of the screen plays. Um, but, you know, there are some things he can clean up. And if he does have to sit behind for a year, then so be it. Uh, next pick, uh, Chamari Connor, fourth uh, fourth round pick that they traded up for as well. I'm excited for this player just because if you watch his Virginia Tech tape, he plays everywhere on the field. He, he almost reminds you of a luxurious need. And that's what, look, that's what Spags loves. And I'm not saying that, you know, he primarily played nickel. 
he was everywhere. He played he played deep safety that if you know they run too deep they split safety set. He was either or. You know, he came down and played in the box. He's he's a big guy. He's you know, decent size. Um he he played some of the robber. He did play nickel. The only thing I did not see a lot was boundary, and I I don't see Spags throwing him out there like that in the boundary. I could be wrong. I don't I'm not gonna sit there and say I know. But I definitely see him playing a lot of the spots and the safety sets. And I, I think I think Spags is really trying to find another Tyron Matthew. I know that's hard. There will never be another Tyron Matthew, but we need a guy that is a a guy who's going to be just around the ball all the time, the way Tyron was. I'm not saying you have to be as instinctual, but a guy that's going to be around the ball, you know. And the thing is, you know, who knows how he develops if he, if you know, this all depends on what the impact of Snead is. I don't see them keeping Snead around because they don't pay corners. They never have. They didn't, they haven't paid corners since Albert Lewis. They didn't even pay Albert Lewis. He went to the freaking Raiders and, uh, he went to the freaking Raiders and signed there. Um, and, or whatever team he signed with. I think it was the Raiders he went to. Um, and it started off with him. And, they, you know, they kept Kevin Ross for only so, so, uh, so long. You know, and then you get to the later years with uh, Brandon Flowers and Brandon Carr. And then you got Marcus Peters. And um, and then in Charvarius Ward. You know, they're not known for paying paying cornerbacks they just don't do it so who knows what uh Tremari connor will really turn into now i you know they like cook cook you know he's going to be playing in a lot of different roles as well uh i think cook's going to take over a lot more of that box role um just because um he he has that ability to come play downhill more um, and you saw a lot of it this year. They blitzed him a lot um, in certain spots, but he did play deep safety sets. Um, but Tremari Connor, he's just going to be another versatile player that they throw around in the secondary. Um, and I'm excited to see him. I- I'm really excited to see him truthfully in the nickel, even though I I don't know if they will primarily leave him there. Um, and if they do, it's just because they probably want McDuffie to go back to the boundary. But they, you started seeing McDuffie a lot in the nickel in the postseason, especially in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, on to the next player, uh, B.J. Thompson. Now, this guy was a shock just because of his build. He, he definitely realized he definitely needs to add some weight on. I kind of mentioned that. But this is a guy that I think, you know, maybe Joe Cullen really wanted. I think Joe Cullen truthfully values – um, more slimmer, uh, taller, uh, pass rushers. I mean, look at the guys that he worked with in Jacksonville. Look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a like they use him as an outside linebacker, but he's tall and uh slimmer, and he has he has bend in that way. You know, they use their their speed. Every DC wants their speed rushers to be a certain build and how they want to utilize them, and maybe. They the and look, Joe Cullen said he wanted him. They said they were going to get him. You know, Spags said that he wanted him too. So the thing is, they they're going to utilize him in a lot of ways. They're going to use him in blitz packages. They're gonna they're gonna get him freed up, and he because he has the speed and he has the arm length to just get after the quarterback. He can chase a quarterback down 
no problem. I, I really think he could in this. I really believe he can in this league. I think he can get a, a quarterback down by chasing him down with just with the length that he has, diving at some legs if he needed to. So, B.J. Thompson, um, I'm excited for him. Even if he's kind of, you know, you know he doesn't really kind of impact until later in the year, if it takes him that time. Um, like I said, there's going to be some weight that he needs to put on because I think he only, he's like 230, 230, 240. He's going to need to put on it. I think he's probably actually like 235. So he's going to probably need to put on at least like another 15 pounds, probably to be like kind of what really what Spags wants him to be at least, or kind of uh, what Colin's kind of seeing. So, but Thompson's going to be utilized a lot in certain packages, those pass rush downs. You're probably not going to see him on first and second down at all in those rundowns. All right, Kondre Coburn, this is a guy you will be seeing on first and second downs because, um, you know, Derek Noddy been horrible kind of for the last uh, probably, I would say, probably since, you know, we've won the Super Bowl 54. Um, you know, he just really hasn't been the same. He's been like kind of, you know, he just – he gets bulled over, you know, it doesn't help the linebackers out. I'm shocked they brought him back, but they did. Um, with the intentions that they knew, they probably weren't going to be able to re-sign Colin Saunders. So they were going to try to get a guy in the draft that can kind of somewhat resemble Colin Saunders, and he does in ways. He doesn't have the speed and explosiveness of Colin Saunders, but he does have speed. He does have some power um, and some explosiveness, but it's not as much as Colin Saunders, obviously. Um, but he's going to be able to clog the middle, help that out, and help the linebackers out to you know free up some of those uh, holes so they can fill those gaps up, um, which is what uh, Nani has struggled to do the last few years. So I'm excited for uh, Keandre Colburn and how they utilize him. Um, he's re- I, I really see he stuffs the run a lot, and he's going to play a lot in the uh, you know he's going to play a lot of one tech. He may play some zero. Um, they may line him up in two eye every now and then, uh, but definitely a lot of one tech for sure. Um, and BJ Thompson back on him, he's going to play some wide nine for sure. They will definitely line him up wide nine because they want him to really, really get outside to get that speed, that bend if as possible to get around those tackles. Um, and you'll see him line up inside at times too because he'll be standing up. He'll be handing the dirt at, at plays as well. All right, last but not least, Nick Jones from Ball State, our our, our corner. Um, I, I honestly, he he's been making some impact in camp. I don't know what that means, but hey, could be another seventh round diamond or rough. You never know. Uh, but you know what? They also like they also value guys in uh, special teams. And you know what? If he battles out to be a special teams guy, you know, a gunner. He said that that they value special teams at his school as well. Um, so that, that's kind of what it is. If he has to play special teams, um, which I see him definitely doing, um, kind of like that Nazi Johnson role, um, playing gunner, um, then, Hey, I, I really see him having an impact there. And you know what, if he does get some impact on the defense, um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where they would essentially put him. Maybe they put him in nickel, um, I can maybe possible spots in the boundary. I mean, McDuffie did it, but I can definitely see them put him in it. Oh, excuse me. Sir. <sighs> Whoops. Did not mean to yawn like that. My apologies. Um, 
but you know what? I'm not gonna put my you know my money on a seventh round draft pick. I mean, those are those are kind of you know hard to come by. You know, it was awesome that we got a lot out of Jalen uh, Watson and obviously Isaiah Pacheco. And Nazi Johnson actually made an impact on special teams later, and that's what I'm kind of aiming for for Nick Jones uh, for right now. Um, on to the uh, so that's the those are the actual draft picks. Now on to the two guys that are UDFA's that I think that will possibly make the team just because of the buzz they're getting. Um, but who knows? They're still UDFA's at the end of the day, and we still haven't gone to the training camp or anything like that, and they haven't gone through full rookie mini camp and we still got a uh, OTAs uh but Denitric Prince uh running back uh, from I want to say it was Toli Tulsa yeah running back out of Tulsa he's 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 just built like uh Isaiah Pacheco now he's not as bullish he will utilize more of his feet and try to break you off um, but he's, he's built, he's built back. He's got the same speed, same explosiveness. So we might see, you know, some competition there. Um, you know, they, they carried, uh, they carried three running backs. They actually carried four, including the fullback, but there won't be a fullback anymore because I think they're going to keep, um, the tight ends usually there now. So, um, yeah, Denitra Prince, I think if he does have, uh, an impact, you know, he's, he's going to be battling it out with those guys, but I think Pacheco will be the starter ultimately, but you know, you have a guy like Denitra Prince that can be your third string. That'd be crazy. Um, cause obviously McKinnon's back with the team too, and he's obviously your third down back. Um, and then the next player out of uh, Indiana, Cam Jones, a linebacker, very athletic linebacker, can move around in so many spots, can play Will, Sam, um, called the plays at Indiana, was the green dot, so could be a Darius Harris role, um, although um, that's probably Leo Chanel at this point. Uh, just, you know, and the thing about Leo Chanel, he's, he's, uh, he's a certain role player, you know, he's a... He's a Sam only. He, that's just his build. You know, you're going to, you know, you can line him. He's obviously going to play his gap uh, off ball positioning, but, you know, you can overhang him and rush him off the edge every now and then. I know people are clamoring him to be like a defensive end hybrid, but that's not how it's going to work. You know, they'll overhang him, though. Um, but he's going to be on certain uh, packages. Um, but Cam Jones can be actually like battling out with like Jack Cochran. Um, to kind of give a run from his money on special teams as well. Uh, but the the four primary linebackers will obviously be Nick, Willie, um, Drew, and then uh, Leo. So, and, you know, I, I'm not saying Leo's not going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to get a lot of playing time. They're going to rotate those four linebackers, um, especially with uh, Drew coming in and having green dot experience. They may give Nick a breather every now and then too, especially on third downs and passing downs. So he's not having to be out there every single play and nickel, big nickel, dime, all those packages, core, you know, palms, quarters, all that crazy crap that Spags likes to throw out there at times. So that's uh, pretty much the rookies that I want to talk about. Rookie minicamp is still going on. Um, and uh, we'll. This is 
kind of my, I don't want to say recap of it, but just kind of me basically talking about it. Um, our next episode will obviously be the bonus episode with Big Rube. Um, we're doing that this uh, Saturday again, 530 uh, my time. Um, and I don't do the episodes live, but I just want to let you guys know when I'll be getting that covered out there. So that'll be nice to get him on the show again to get his thoughts on uh, what's coming up for the 2023 season. Um, and that's pretty much it, Chiefs Kingdom. I don't have anything else to talk about. I, that's kind of ran through it all. Um, oh, actually, some news actually just dropped, and I forgot what it was. I did not write it down. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, I doubt that's what it is. There's a NFL schedule leak. This is not what I wanted to tell you guys, but they're saying Lions at Chiefs week one Thursday night football. I don't I don't trust that account. I don't know if that's legit. Oh, so that's what it was. It was announcing uh, when we're going... Not trying to get into a political spiel. Don't. This is not what it's about. But we're supposed to be going to the White House, or the Chiefs are supposed to be going to the White House June fifth to take its pictures with President Biden and do all that stuff. You know, and regardless of political stuff, it's just a traditional thing. It that's kind of what it like players why they want to go do it because some players never been to the White House and you know what it's just like I said it's just a traditional thing that like the winning teams go and take a picture with the president regardless who you you cheer for who regardless who you vote for it doesn't matter all right Chiefs Kingdom that's all I wanted to talk to you guys like I always say connect it's always real. <laughs>